You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about some really exciting events here in the freedom and justice movement for Palestine. We've seen in the past several years, actually, mainline churches passing resolutions supporting peace and justice in Palestine. And the latest is the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, ELCA, which is one of three Lutheran denominations. I believe it is the largest one. They just concluded their conference in New Orleans just this past week. And this is the headlines from Mondo Weiss. In overwhelming vote, leading Lutheran branch calls on U.S. to cut off aid to Israel. And they say this weekend, the ELCA overwhelmingly approved two resolutions calling on the U.S. government to end all financial and military aid to Israel until Israel, quote, complies with internationally recognized human rights standards, unquote, freezes settlement construction on occupied Palestinian land, and for the church to adopt an investment screen to avoid profiting from Israel's occupation. And the vote on these resolutions were something like 82% in favor, 751 versus 18%, 162 opposed. And one of the resolutions urges this church's members, quote, congregations, synods, agencies, and presiding bishops to call on their representatives, senators, and the administration to take action requiring to continue receiving U.S. financial and military aid, Israel must comply with internationally recognized human rights standards as specified in existing U.S. law, stop settlement building, and the expansion of existing settlements in East Jerusalem and the West Bank, end its occupation of Palestinian territory, and enable an independent Palestinian state. And then the other one is to encourage this church's members, congregations, synods to call on the president to recognize the state of Palestine and not to prevent the application of the state of Palestine for full membership in the United Nations. And then there's some other side things. But what's very significant here is the fact that the church is calling for action on the part of its members. And this really is what we at we hold these truths resonate because we have been challenging Christian Zionist churches now for almost 14 years since the 2003 Gulf War in Iraq began. And one of the other things I think very interesting I found in doing a little research in 2009 there was another ELCA convention, but there's an outfit called CAMERA. C-A-M-E-R-A, and that's an acronym that stands for Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting in America. Well, it's openly a Zionist, Israel first supporter, and so it's kind of a disinformation agency to attack those 
people like the ELCA and their actions. But back in 2009, a very interesting thing, which makes this recent vote by the ELCA so much more significant, because in 2009, quote here is from the camera, the Churchwide Assembly of the ELCA approved by a vote of 690 to 125 a balanced and fair-minded resolution about the Arab-Israeli conflict at its recent meeting in Minneapolis. The resolution, which was approved on August 22nd, calls for the denomination to learn about the prospects of both Palestinians and Israelis and to express balance for all parties. They went on further here to say five of the seven resolutions submitted by the local synods to the churchwide assembly expressed a desire for a fair-minded approach to the Arab-Israeli conflict that took into account the concerns of both Israelis and Palestinians. Two others offered one-sided condemnation of Israeli policy and said nothing about the Palestinian leaders, and those went down. And so here we've got basically a, a 180 turn here in 2016 from 2009. It's interesting the amount of attack that this camera has mounted. There's a number of articles I found, and one of the people that they were attacking back in 2009 is a Lutheran bishop, Reverend Margaret Payne. She's the bishop of the New England Synod for the ELCA. And it was interesting, they castigated her. She had been on a visit to Israel and the Holy Land and with her own eyes. But they, using uh, half-truths and half-facts, they castigate Hamas as being terrorists. But they forget to mention that the Hamas political party was elected in a free and open election back in 2006. It was even monitored by Jimmy Carter and other observers and so they're trying to make her look like she's somehow got the facts all wrong. And I just wanted to read her reply. So they've asked for a retraction from her. And so this is what the, the good Bishop Payne responded to camera. And uh, she said, quote, here's the brief sampling of the reality that I find abhorrent and totally unacceptable regarding the actions of the Israeli government. One, it has no respect for and refuses to obey international law. Two, it uses the inappropriately inflated excuse of security to steal Palestinian land. Three, it denies the existence of checkpoints, theft of land, abuse, and daily persecution of Palestinians that I have witnessed with my own eyes. Four, the system of Israeli roads further steals Palestinian land and by its denial of use to Palestinians further cut them off from work, family, and medical care. Four, the incursion into Gaza was disproportionate to basic humanitarian values. It continued limited access to outside and is morally inexcusable. I go on and on. And so anyway, uh, that was her reply to them. And of course, they're wringing their collective hands that, oh, Israel pulled out of uh, Gaza. They took their settlers out in 2005. And yes, they do restrict materials going into it, but there's a border with Egypt. And of course, that border has been closed with Egypt also. So it is a area that has been described very accurately, even by Bob Simon, who himself is Jewish, as the world's largest open prison. And so 
we're seeing this as a major victory for truth and justice in Palestine. And we also want to talk a little bit about some other recent events that we as action groups here at We Hold These Truths. Chuck, why don't you tell us a little bit about the event that was held in Denver just recently? In the first place, the Palestinian issue is only a part of the war issue that we oppose. We are yeah. a for peace organization. Uh, we're not strictly for the Palestinian people, although they are the most abused people and the longest standing war victims in the world today. The ongoing occupation of Palestine is nothing more than a continuation of the serial war that began in 1948, where little by little, Palestinian people had their property, land, and even their homes taken away from them by the Israeli settlers who came there. So we're opposed to the Palestinian situation because it is part of, and, the, and, the, and it is the lead war in the Middle East. It has led and, and brought us into the war in Iraq. Now we're actually involved in other adventures. Afghanistan war has been going on for over 15 years now. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, almost 20 years since we first bombed Iraq. And, of course, 68 years is the length of time that the Palestinian people have suffered under what is essentially a continuous war or occupation resulting from the war. I did, however, uh, here in Denver, participate in an organization called Coloradans for Justice in Palestine. It is a pro-peace organization. And uh, we participated in a uh, run for Palestine, which was a 5K race. And uh, I didn't win the race, by the way. In any case, uh, it, it is an effort by some very fine people, mostly uh, Muslim people, to raise money for scholarships for the kids in Palestine whose education is completely stifled by the occupation and who struggle to try to get an education. So Reach Educational Fund sponsored this run, and we participated in that. And uh, our group, Coloradans for Justice in Palestine, has uh, agreed now under my uh, encouraging to start a group that volunteers ourselves to explain the Palestinian situation as part of the war problem and as part of the Christian Zionist problem in churches such as those of the ELCA that have made these positive resolutions. And there's a Presbyterian Church USA that's also done this. The Mennonite churches, of course, the Quaker churches are, are four square against these wars and therefore oppose this occupation. And uh, we're going to form up a group that will consist of Jewish, Muslim, and uh, Christians and volunteer ourselves to go and discuss this thing at some of these churches, larger churches, hopefully, uh, that are among these members that have taken strong positions on either Palestine or the general war situation. Uh, so uh, this is encouraging, and uh, it's what we, uh, we, we sought when we started. And at the very beginning of our organization, we said that our success challenging Zionist churches by standing out in front of their doors uh, was a, a poor substitute for being invited inside to explain to them what they need to know. But we did say that uh, we would know that the turning was coming when the mainline churches began to take up a position that supported us and supported the principles that we've backed. And that's what we're seeing now with the Presbyterians, with the Lutheran ECLA, with the United Church of Christ. The United Methodist Church is the largest group. It has almost 12 million members. It has taken some strong positions 
And there's a, a large group within the church that has a strong understanding of what's going on in the Middle East and has said so very vocally. And, I, and we've actually participated in some of those churches and know some people in them and know the very good things that some of the United Methodist churches have done. However, in May of this year, Hillary Clinton warned uh, the United Methodist Church not to pass any resolutions that were negative for Israel, and she pronounced boldly that she's a member of the United Methodist Church, and she didn't want her church doing any of that stuff. And at their, at their meeting, this time they refrained from passing any resolutions. How embarrassing for them. What a good indication that is. kind of President Hillary Clinton would make from our point of view. In any case, uh, those are things that are going on locally. We're delighted to see this and see it as the great turning that we talked about in our film, The Tragedy and Turning. This is the start of the turning, and we want to encourage it in every way we possibly can. Great report. And I think one thing that's very important about it is the importance of networking, where there's a lot of groups, some not very large, and uh, particularly at the ELCA's uh, denominational convention, they were led actually by a group of uh, Lutherans calling themselves Isaiah 58 that uh, prepared some, some of these resolutions, and they got aid from a variety of groups, the Israel-Palestine Mission Network of the Presbyterian Church USA, and of course they produce the uh, Zionism Unsettled, which is still available, that you can get through the uh, Israel-Palestine Mission Network. It's a study guide with a DVD. It's an excellent, excellent resource on understanding the Israel-Palestine conflict. And the Christian Zionist problem. Yes, decidedly explains and exposes the Christian Zionist problem. Also, uh, there was the American Friends Service Committee, Friends of Sabeel, North America, the New Orleans Palestinian Solidarity Committee, Jewish Voice for Peace, and the uh, U.S. campaign to end the Israeli occupation also joined in with this Isaiah 58 group. And I think it's worth, everybody, if you listen to this, go read Isaiah 58, and you'll get sort of an idea. And so what's happening in Israel today, that the uh, occupation is very brutal. We've seen this uh, and talked about it on numerous occasions. So this is all about education and educating the woefully uneducated American population, particularly on this issue. And Chuck, yeah, you're right. We've been focusing on, on Israel, and you're so right about the war issue. Maybe we should expand our byline to working for peace and justice in Palestine and the Middle East, because it all ties in with one of our signs that we like so much, no more wars for Israel. And these wars in the Middle East have been to protect Israel from the first Gulf War in 1991. That was all about protecting Israel. And, of course, oil commodities and so forth and American hegemony and all those kinds of aspects. But basically, these are wars for Israel. We hope this broadcast has inspired you to do a little research on your own. We'll have links to this camera and some of their reports, and you can do your own fact-checking. Yeah, don't believe us. Go to uh, different resources to check this out. But we think that the Lutherans have done a very thorough job in their investigation, and these uh, resolutions are backed by a lot of research that has been verified and checked over and over again.
Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.